everyone. Welcome to the One Mic Podcast, the podcast for Fifth Element Center for Dance. I'm your host, Janae Maynard, also the executive director of 5E, and I'm here with Jamal Johnson. Jamal, do you want to introduce yourself? Hello. Um, my friends call me Ma, aka Moon, aka Bless X. That's my crump name, and hello. Amazing. Um, what are your pronouns? Uh, he, him. Perfect. Anything else you want to introduce about yourself? I am a cinematographer as well as a dancer. I've been in film since 2014. So, yeah, I do film as well. All right. And Mal also is a dance teacher with Fifth Element Center for Dance. So I want to know what brought you to dance and what brought you to film, if it was similar, if it was different, um, and what those overlaps might be. Well, with dance, I've been dancing since I was four years old. What brought me to dance was actually watching Usher videos. That was um, the biggest thing for me. Usher is one of my biggest influences when it came to dance. And yeah, and then as far as film goes, being a military brat, film was a big part of the family when it came to um, just moving around and things, having the DVDs or even the VHSs. Um, yeah, that, that was a big role in my life. And then I started editing in high school and I just fell in love with film after that and started doing different videos. And um, yeah, editing was how I really got into film. Okay, very cool. Is there any part of your artistic endeavors or practices in which film and dance overlap? I think they have been overlapping for years, honestly, just because of how much I actually um, record myself. And just as far as film goes, I think that's a, a, a big part of dancers. How, how else are we going to be seen outside of film? I mean, of course, performances and things like that, but not everybody goes to a performance. Um, so, yeah, like film and dance, it has a big overlap, especially with social media nowadays and a lot of the other platforms as of TikTok and Instagram. So it's like cinema and dance go hand in hand. Yes. How has the evolution of social media like TikTok and Instagram impacted the way that you document your experience with dance? Honestly, I'm not really big into um, like posting all the time. I, as an artist, I, I don't feel like that's necessary. I, um, that's just my opinion. But um, so like, I think that nature of things, because I feel like a lot of artists are always posting and for me, like I have stuck to one platform, which is Instagram and I've created a website. So I feel like I want to essentially kind of keep a lot of my stuff more exclusive and just like, I don't know. I know who my true fan base is. Uh, I think that's a big thing, especially with 
a lot of these other um, spaces through even just having what is it called dang it's where uh patron patron yes where a lot of people are Mm -hmm, like mm -hmm. using it in that sense as well and i feel like that's dope because it's like okay i'm subscribed to a specific content that i enjoy so i think a lot of that evolution is gonna um, be dope because i want to be able to, to tap in that way and just know exactly who who rocks with me and just like yeah who really rocks with my content because i feel like social media has a lot of bots and whatnot so yeah yeah definitely do you feel like the way that you document dance now is different than it was 10 years ago or even just five years ago yeah for sure because i feel like i've actually um developed somewhat of a, a formula and like i have more um conceptual work versus like before I was just like oh I was here this is what I did you know what I'm saying versus like I'm putting more artistic thought into my process now how much of that do you feel like is attributed to you growing as an artist and a dancer just like in practice I think it attributes a lot because within the art now I I feel like I have a purpose Mm. within the art versus just again like just posting just because so i feel like within that purpose like yeah like i just want to express a lot a a lot of different ways that i feel like um yeah because i feel like a lot of dancers have a lot to say and sometimes we can't say it we yeah sometimes you just got we can't say it we have to show it so Mm -hmm. absolutely so you mentioned crump at the very beginning Can you tell us more about Crump? Tell us about the history. Tell us about your relationship to Crump as a dance form. For sure. Um, Crump was birthed out of South Central LA. It actually derives from a dance called Clowning um, that came out in mid to late 90s. And clowning was more of a party dance. It was more of like, yeah, essentially party dance. They battled, but it was more about the clowning aspect of it and just like having fun uh, versus Crump, some other dancers, Tide Eyes, Miho, Little C, um, and Miss Prissy, those four took the dance and made it more grimy so to speak in a sense of tapping into more of your raw emotions and things that were more personal essentially um and though yeah so that's how crump ended up being birthed essentially and yeah a lot of it is about and i always tell people is it's a lot of people see it as a very rugged and like aggressive dance but a lot of times like i said before people are just releasing a lot of their pain and their hurt or even just releasing their sadness it's it's a, a very powerful dance in that way and then as far as my relationship to crump i found crump in uh, 2005 i was i believe i was like nine or ten years old and I had seen the movie Rise yes. and the movie 
in the movie rise if you're into crump i tell people all the time like that's one of the movies you have to see um because it goes down a lot of that history and it's a lot of the raw footage and yeah like after i seen that movie and it's crazy because i seen it in theaters and after i seen that movie we went back to uh my cousin's basement and literally we just started getting off and it was like i don't know what about that movie just like clicked in our minds but yeah nine years old i fell in love with crump and it was just because of the movie rise and it's yeah it's been up from there so yeah okay okay all right so do some level setting for us when it comes to language tell us about some of these terms getting off book like what other terms what do they mean what do people who are listening to this need to know about the language of crump to be able to understand the passion that you speak about crump with for sure um some key things so getting off yeah let's start there getting off essentially is like when somebody's like killing the dance floor like they're just they're tapped in into a a different wavelength and they're they're just getting off yeah like that's what it what that means um what's another term uh when something is buck again it's like it's just giving again like that kudos to that person like dang that was buck like and, and essentially like it also like there's live and when you're getting live that essentially is like yeah like getting live is like you're living up the crowd or like you're having a live moment in 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 your round um getting buck is like there's this form like when you're getting booked that's like kind of a grimy feeling and it's just like it makes your face turn ugly yeah like so when you're getting booked that's what that <laughs> means so yeah and then a lot of times yeah that's what those terms mean yeah i, I can't outside of that i would go into like the technicalities of things but i don't think we want to go there so <laughs> <laughs> maybe not today yeah for um, sure <laughs> okay so going back to the movie rise mm -hmm. um i think there's like a pretty important intersection there right with film and dance and how the documentation of crump and of the like founding of crump um influenced the folks across the nation right. so can you speak to any influence that rise as a film has impacted you not only as a dancer but also as a filmmaker as far as filmmaking that documentary was one very well documented and just like i felt like you could f feel every emotion through that documentary so i feel like a lot of times that's what i'm trying to capture myself and i think like just to see the different movements that came out of like clowning because out of clowning well even before then um there's a style called stripper dance and it was kind of 
have more of the grinding and the hip hip movement in that dance but also like they had the same arm movements and the same um the same bangs and stuff like that when it came to uh yeah crump or just clowning just everything so like I, I just thought it was dope to see how you could literally grasp every movement that it, this dance derived from so that's where i'm trying to grasp my film at as well as just pushing past the entertainment aspect if i want people to feel my movies so yes okay and then dance as far as rise go i feel like everybody was crumping after rise like even if even if you weren't tight like people were just getting off just because especially like if you heard a song from the movie like you were just like oh snap like it <laughs> i don't know like crump made people move like that wave of mm-hmm. the wave of crump was interesting because like it was in so many movies and it was yep. just <laughs> and I'm not in a good way but <laughs> right, right. <laughs> but um yeah like it was it was a it was a craze for sure like I like any other dance I feel like it was just a wave and yeah like I feel like that wave I, of course, like any other trend, it, it died down. But out of those waves, it's created international movements. It's created like a lot of spaces for people to just feel safe, you know. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, so let's talk about that because yes, <laughs> there's so much of um, Crump in film and media. It was super popular in like 2005 into like the early 2010s right we saw it in (laughs) all types of film being done well like columbus short doing it relatively yeah exactly (laughs) something was iconic um versus like hayden panettiere trying to crump on bring it (laughs) bring it on right (laughs) yeah it was very very popular how much has it changed like this, how much has the scene changed as Crump has kind of died down in popularity in the mainstream? Especially, uh, let's talk about the Colorado Crump community. How much has that changed over the past 10 years? Oh, um, as far as Colorado goes, I think it's had its ups and downs because a lot of leadership like i don't know i think a lot of leadership has led a people astray or putting people turn people off to the crop movement and that's just because of um to be honest right now like crump like there are it, it can be super clicky and in that sense like it it doesn't especially well and this is just and this is just in the U.S., unfortunately. Like, I see a lot of the international movements and how they're growing. And we should be doing and following suit, but we're not. And I think that a lot of it just because of ego and people want to stay on top or still want to be seen. But, uh, like, it, 
it makes it honestly kind of easier to navigate in that sense to connect with other communities because it's like you can network without um yeah like you can network without having the pressures of other people around you 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 can find your own lane in chrome in that sense Mm -hmm. you don't have to you don't have to follow the original formula by getting under somebody that's famous or like crump famous essentially um it, it doesn't have to be that but i feel like right now yeah like i think a lot of leadership has to change in that sense of like we have to start pushing the youth and like we have to start pushing the newer generations because it's like I'm I'm tired of seeing the same battles from the US. That doesn't make any sense. It's been like you you know what I'm saying? Like we we've been around since the nineties. Yes, we're a younger movement, but that doesn't mean that everybody that's been on top has to stay on top, if that makes sense. Yep. Yep. Okay, so um let's talk about then what it looks like to push the youth. What does that look like or mean to you as a dance instructor? It means a lot because the youth right now, like they're, and it's crazy because we were actually talking about this on uh, our trip to Utah and how we as a generation have curated this support system that we didn't have as dancers that kids now can Mm -hmm. access to grow exponentially that we didn't have you know what i'm saying so like i feel like we need to continue to push that because some of these kids are talented and we need to keep pushing that for sure for sure there's like um just a name name drop Ilmani. she's only 17 years old and she's killing the rebel like and to have that support system that she has like yo like we need to keep pushing the youth because they're dope and why not like like it doesn't make sense for us to be like or or even just generations above us to continue to be on top it doesn't make sense yeah i agree i agree and if the goal is to further the culture if the goal is to grow new generations of dancers then of course naturally we want them to be better than us we want them to have access to more resources than us right? right um Okay, so tell us about some of the classes or programs that you facilitated for 5E. So a couple of the classes I facilitated was I did a workshop for the Platinum Divas. And that workshop was pretty dope. Um, We did a crump choreography piece and that was pretty cool we learned a little bit of foundation just to understand the dance a little more in your bodies and then i've also did programming for gals a couple of times and that was dope in those pieces i did more more hip-hop couple of choreography hip-hop pieces and i taught was it like three classes yeah, it was three, mm-hmm. th- three different age groups and classes, which was cool. But before that, before I even got into the pieces, I just did a couple of um, movement exercises. One of one of which 
I love to do is like I have three students pair up and two of the students hold a string. Mm. And as the music is playing, I want the other two students holding the string, move it around. And like the third student has to essentially like move around the string, go under it, over it to figure out how to move their bodies. But while dancing so yeah mm-hmm. like I did a couple of different exercises like that and it was yeah it was cool yeah um I feedback from other teachers who are in the room feedback from students like they love of course they love your choreography but their favorite thing about any of the classes you teach is the movement exercises mm. uh, what is the function of the different exercises you do with them why is it important to you to incorporate those into your classes and not just teach choreography or like you know specific dance moves um because again i I want people to understand their bodies because you're not gonna like you can you can essentially copy a choreography but you're not gonna be able to move like me Mm -hmm. and i feel like we have to get out of that aspect that everybody can move the same, but it's not like not everybody can move the same. Everybody moves differently, but in sync, you know what I'm saying? Like it, it's about synchronicity more than so than um, looking the same. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, like I feel like when teaching like those movement exercises about understanding what your body can and cannot do. Um, I feel like a lot of people try to do things that they cannot do and end up hurting themselves or get turned off by dance because they can't do this certain thing. And it's like, dude, find your lane, you know? Um, Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I feel like everybody just uh, find their lane when it comes to dance and everybody's like oh y'all i'm not a dancer everybody's a dancer it just me just depends on what type of music not everybody has a rhythm though <laughs> that's fair <laughs> yeah i i used to have a teacher when i was in college who said if you have a body you're a dancer mm-hmm. and like that just shifts the ideas of like who can dance so much and like so much of what we're told in mainstream media or growing up or things like that so i think that's really important for people to hear okay so back to 5e Mm -hmm. what do you enjoy most about facilitating classes teaching classes and programs i enjoy those moments Cause it makes, <laughs> cause you've seen it um, when I'm teaching is when a kid or like when they know they're killing it or they feel mm. like when they're in their bodies, that makes me feel so good because it's like, yeah, do that move like that. <laughs> like is one of those, one of the greatest feelings because it's like, yo, you know, you're killing this. And you love that you're killing this. You feel me? Like, yes. <laughs> so, yeah. Like, because even seeing the Platinum Divas, 
oh my god those little girls like just every time they just they have this this demeanor about them that this walk their walks first off oh my god <laughs> and then the way they just when they hit certain moves i'm like yes yes like it's one of those things like it just i don't know it gives you the chills when you see a kid do that yes yes you are like the most hype teacher as far as like you do not conceal when you're excited when you see a student get really into it and then you get really excited for them and you get hyped and then they like are feeding off the energy um and i think that speaks to also your style of choice and and the culture around being hype right but it is just like so evident in your classes when that energy is there and like how you can just pick that off of the little bit of energy that a student gives you and then it just grows exponentially as y'all feed off of each other it's so fun to watch right right like you said going like hype yeah like that's one of the one of the things that i feel like is so great about crump because it's like giving me yelling or just like that energy like you said is like it, it grasps i don't know it's just like here, here's this energy here's this like i'm excited for you so like i'm gonna give you some more of this energy you know i don't know how to even really explain it it's just like i'm trying to give you more energy to keep killing it type of deal you know what i'm saying so it's more of just excited to see that those aspects of like yeah because it's, it's i think that's when dancers are at their purest mm -hmm. when they get into that stank face or whatever whatever it is <laughs> you know it you know what i'm saying that's when there's or when, even if they're smiling you know what i'm saying like hey, when they're at their purest that's like yeah tap into that because that feeling is just like I don't even know how to explain that feeling sometimes. Sometimes that feeling is just like, it's a blissful feeling, you know? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah, and I think, I think that symbiosis of energy, I don't, I don't even know if that's a word. Maybe mm -hmm. I made that up. But it, it's symbiotic. The energy in a room when it comes to whether that's street forms or club forms, street styles, club styles mm -hmm. and how that like it is a like I give you energy you give me energy back whether that's in a cypher or a battle all of that right that is right. so right. central to hip-hop mm. and I think that speaks to a larger value of community mm. how do you feel like the forms and styles and foundations of hip-hop foster community well I mean like hip-hop was born in the community like people were putting out boxes in a boom box it was out you know what i'm saying it was born on the streets uh, in the community so it's like without without the community hip-hop wouldn't have been born period like without these streets without the i don't know the block parties the you know what i'm saying the the MCs, the B-Boys, without and, and that 
all encompasses a community of people you feel me like i don't think hip-hop would have been born without it like nobody would have been in no in no in nobody's in nobody's garage like hey yo I got this crazy idea. I don't think it came out of that. It just came out of the parties. You know what I'm saying? And even back into history of hip hop, like when it came from the islands, it came from the parties, you know what I'm saying? The MCs and, and it came from people being in community with each other and releasing, you know what I'm saying? So yeah, without the community, but there would be no hip hop, period. Period. <laughs> Okay, um, so to try and wrap this back into you as a teacher, mm-hmm. how does community, how does, you know, energy, how do all of these things that you've named as a part of your practice feed into your philosophy about teaching dance? Shoot, I feel like as, again, um, uh that energy is one of those things that i feel like that uh pushes us to grow um in community as dancers so a lot of times even if i am just teaching i always tell people like if you have a moment of hype or like something makes you feel some type of way express that because that energy being in the room will be like, okay, it will give that other person the confidence to do the move again when we go back over or just the confidence to keep going and do other things. You know what I'm saying? So like a lot of times the energy and the hype and all of those things I always preached just to give encouragement to your peers because it's like, if we don't, no, how you know you you killing it if ain't nobody telling you <laughs> right you know what i'm saying and it, even if it's not them like telling you specifically like being like ooh, or having that energy saying something can somebody's like oh, all right bet i'm not i'm not whack <laughs> or i'm not i'm not i feel good enough to keep going you feel me so that's where a lot of times i'm like yo give your yo if that's your home you especially if it's like your best friend you better that better be you better be the hypest for your best friend (laughs) (laughs) yes absolutely okay do you think that there hmm. (laughs) let me think of the best way to ask this nah be wrong <laughs> Do you feel like there's a barrier when it comes to culturally responsive and culturally sustaining approaches to teaching? And part of that is having black and brown teachers. Mm-hmm. When it comes to being able to give that energy, when it comes to being able to hype up students, when it comes to being able to even just connect or build relationships with students? Mm, maybe. I I don't know because like I feel like I've seen any and every community give some type of energy or hype. Mm. So I don't I don't feel like there's a barrier 
culturally at all really be yeah like i feel like i've seen everybody give some type of energy or some type of hype and it's not all the same like we don't all have right. to be yelling that's not what i'm saying i'm just like yo like give some energy because ultimately again it's like it just helps your peers it's just, it's it's, mm -hmm. it's it's a giving pool i feel like yes um dance is within ourselves but it's also like it's a uh, it's a giver mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, as entertainers as as artists a lot of times once we I, I i've i don't know if you experience this so you probably have but like you've got off this stage and somebody pulled you to a side and it was like yo like like you've made me cry like they you've had an impact on their you know what i'm saying their their mm -hmm. emotional psyche or their mental psyche so it's like it, i feel like you know just like it's a, all about energy all around it's all the same energy it's just displayed in a different way that's real what do you feel like you would want white teachers to know about teaching black and brown students and mm especially when it comes to teaching black and brown students in maybe forms that originated in black and brown culture or even like white teachers in schools who teach black or brown history. Like, what do you think it's, is important for them to know? It's important for them to know that they're guests still. I think that is a big thing, especially in artistry right now, is I feel like a lot of guests in the in the community have been more shown and have been booked more have been been at the top and it, it's kind of cringy considering that there are still talented black and brown folks out here i just feel like mm -hmm. a lot of times we are looked over nowadays just because <laughs> sally sue over here can kind of move um, and I think that's also that needs to be something talked about is, is the skill level, because I feel like there's a lot of, again, guests that have average skill level just because they're guests like, oh, they're they're this. Oh, this white lady. They're this, this person. And it's like, oh, they can because they're technically not the average of their community. If yeah, that makes sense. there's a level sense. of privilege. You know yeah. what I'm saying? They're not the average of their community. But it's like, no, if we're all equals, we have to grasp the equal aspect of that. And that's in skill level and through, like you said, there's a lot of people and a lot of guests that need to really go back and relearn their history. Mm. because I I feel like a lot of people are like, oh, I know my history because I know this one or two OGs. Yeah, that's cool. But I need you to really grasp the history and grasp some knowledge. Don't just be a part of the culture and continue to so-called push the culture when you're just you're just here for a check. Mm hmm. Because I feel like that's what a lot of people are at is like they're here for checks because they're a little bit above average. Right. Yeah. They're commodifying the culture and they're able to use the privilege that they have mm -hmm. to do that. What about 
young dancers, young white dancers, students who are coming into this, who are coming into these spaces and just learning what it means to be a guest in different cultures. What would you want them to know? These kids who are in elementary, middle, maybe even high school. Learn your history first. Mm. It always starts with your history. Like if you don't know your history, there's no reason you should be claiming that you're, you know, this style. If you don't know the history of your style, don't say you know your style. And that's just my opinion. And know your styles, know your community. Start, let's start there. Know your community OGs, the community that you're a part of. Because we can know all of these, you know what I'm saying, our OGs in history. But you need to know your community OGs and then go regional and then go global. Like you need to know the people in your city that even started whatever style that you're in, period. And if you don't even don't even know that you can't like, how do you know? So that's yeah, that's the biggest thing. Know your history. All right. Y'all heard it. Um, OK, so going back to you as a student when you were younger and I mean, even as a student now, you know, we're always learning. Mm-hmm. But particularly thinking of you as a youth, did having black or brown teachers make an impact on you as a student? Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> um, especially, um, I honestly, like, my experience was actually pretty, I had the, um, the blessing when we moved out here, what was that, my eighth grade year? Yeah, eighth grade year. I had the blessing to um, be a part of a church dance group, and my dance teacher Khalid um he was a black teacher and he was trained at Juilliard so like I had a good you know what I'm saying we had a decent teacher when it came to that so and yeah the biggest thing because I feel like if I had anybody else not of like if they weren't a person of color I probably wouldn't have really listen to them especially around that age um mm. and just because again i would have had that like dude you're man. i would have been like dude you're white what do you know you know what i'm saying as it i would have been like yo like what are you like what yeah. are you talking about like it, it would that would have dawned on me at some point mm. as a youth just because of so i had the blessing to be around and trained by yeah um because even outside of Khalid on my contemporary, yes, I was trained in contemporary. A lot of people don't <laughs> know. I was actually taught by a black woman, Shernay. And that, I think, was a big impact for me, too. Because a lot of times when she was teaching me, she would put a lot more responsibility on me as far as creating pieces. Like, I created, like, whole production pieces, and, like, she gave that trust to me. I think that was the biggest thing. It was, like, being, like, yeah, being people of color, I feel like we kind of have that that trust. Like, you know what I'm saying? She didn't really treat me like she knew I was a youth, but also she tr- she had that respect to know my talent to be like, yo, I believe in you to put this forward. You know what I'm saying? So Hmm. do you feel like a white teacher wouldn't have trusted you or believed in you as much? 
No, because I was seen throughout just regular grade school. Mm-hmm. And when it okay. came to a lot of times, even regardless of how intelligent I was, there was always this grasp of like, are you, there was always a, a but or are you sure that came to mm. a lot of teachers or they'd be like, oh, you should, it was always like, oh, maybe you should do this or, you know what I'm saying? It was never, I felt like I wasn't trusted a lot when, by my teachers. They always try to push me in a direction that they saw fit. You feel me? Yeah, and I feel like that's a sentiment that a lot of students of color experience or feel mm-hmm. um, because of their experiences as far as having some of those teachers, specifically white teachers, who are indoctrinated and have their own implicit biases um, and sometimes explicit biases, right? Right. That then shape that young person's educational experience, sometimes in a negative way, sometimes to feed into this self-fulfilling prophecy, this doubt, this lack of belief in these young folks. And sometimes shifting that narrative takes for a white teacher to be able to, you know, break those barriers, believe in them, trust them. And sometimes it takes a teacher who looks like them and that innate trust that comes from those adults who are caring for students who are going through a system that they understand far too well. Right. And and a lot of it being like my church, like everybody went to the church. So in that sense too, like some of us grew up in harsh neighborhoods. So a lot of like, yeah, like you said, a lot of our youth leaders and things, they knew that. So a lot of times it wasn't, they were like, because even um, one of our youth leaders, he would bring kids like because he did group homes. Mm-hmm. And he would actually bring a lot of his kids from the group homes to, you know what I'm saying, to dance practice, whatever, production practice, theater practice. Like it was it was a lot of us in there that were, you know, what I'm saying a part of the streets or it just, you know what I'm saying? So like they had to know a different, you know what I'm saying? That different side of us. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so shifting gears a little bit, but I think your experience with the church can speak to this as well. Obviously, 5e serves a lot of young girls, and hip-hop, while being a male-dominated like form, field, mm-hmm. dance in general and the creative sectors are female-dominated because of the way mm-hmm. boys are socialized to not be artistic and not tap into those things, not express themselves. Yeah. Do you think it's important for boys to get into dance and especially young black and brown boys? Yeah, like, I, and it's weird because that's still, um, that's still a thing right now and i grew up with it too is the homophobia behind it um unfortunately Mm. um i've have had an uncle tell me in my face that um because dance or dancing was gay or or i was gay because Mm. i danced and and it was like dude like what It, it, (laughs) it never made sense to me you know but um yeah, like I encourage all the all the young boys to move and dance because um, one, it's it's good exercise. Let's start there. Um, 
you burn. I don't even. I can't. I looked it up one time, but it was crazy. Like if you dance for like twenty minutes, just twenty minutes, you burn like thousands of calories. And it's and it's like, dude, like just on that aspect of keeping your body healthy, like I think if I if I've stopped dancing, I would not look as good as I do today. Period. <laughs> and like, cause I eat. <laughs> um, so like, I, dance is one of those things. I'm like, dude, what? Um, but yeah, I think that's a big thing is like there's a big homophobia behind dance because even just on social media, like I always see memes and things like, oh, yo, man's a, I'm over here fixing my car. Yo, yo, man's over here shaking his hips. And it's like, why does that even have to be a comparison, bro? Like, mm -hmm. so what? Y'all are interested in two different things. What the <laughs> hell? Like, you know what right. I'm saying? Like, it, it's like this whole masculinity aspect of what a man is supposed to be doing or what he's not supposed to be doing. And it, it's kind of crazy to me because it's like, because even just me as an aspect of it, it, of me if anybody knows me you know how clean i am like on average mm -hmm. men aren't supposed to be very clean beings you know what i'm saying but it's like dude no like i can't do that right. like <laughs> you know what i'm saying so it's like it's it's one of those things i it's is i it's dumb i feel like it's dumb that there's even that whole consensus that young boys or men like can't dance or like shouldn't be dancing it, it's weird it's very weird or shouldn't be clean <laughs> yeah or <laughs> yeah or shouldn't be clean like what <laughs> like come on son. That, that, <laughs> like that is crazy <laughs> okay so on that note as we're wrapping up what do you want young folks who look like you who have similar experiences as you folks who are growing up in Aurora, young black and brown boys, um, or black and brown folks in Aurora in general, but specifically the youth, what do you want them to know? It does not matter if you are, I don't care, like, it doesn't matter what your social orientation is, it doesn't matter what, like, it doesn't matter who you are in every aspect of who you are. If you want to get on that dance floor, do it. Like, I encourage any and everybody to get on that dance floor, even if you are a guest and in doing so, just learn your history. That's it. Like once you learn your history, kill that dance floor, because then mm -hmm. once you know your history and this is this goes for every, this goes for all aspects of youth, not just the guests, all aspects of youth, because we all need to know our history before we even step in foot into these realms but i like yeah just if you want to dance then do it don't let anybody hold you back from doing it whether it's choreography freestyle and whatever style you want to do fall that you fall in love with fall in love with it and continue to do it that's all I encourage people to do is history and can you continue to fall in love with whatever style you do? Yes. Okay, I feel like you maybe answered this question a little bit, but maybe you have a different message. I'm not sure. 
What do you want folks who don't look like you, who don't have any of the experiences you've had to know? Folks who have different identities than you, grew up in a different place, are in a different socioeconomic status than what you grew up in, any of that. What do you want them to know? As a guest, you must be willing to give back. Mm. If not the same amount, if not more. Mm. Because as a guest, there are things you have to give credit to in that sense. And if you're mm. hiring artists, do not, I repeat, do not pay them less than you. Mm. Because ultimately, okay. like you have these people, these are the people that you put in your realm to get better. You for me, like you as a guest, you, you must abide by just those rules of just really giving back and what that mm -hmm. looks and what that really looks like because i see a lot of guests out here that don't truly give back they're just doing it and they're like oh i can i'm talented why do i have to give back because mm. you wouldn't have that talent without the people around you yeah who has influenced your talent Mm -hmm. You feel me like that? That is the biggest aspect is like who has influenced your talent. And if you can name at least two or three black and brown folks, you need to give back. Absolutely. OK. Anything else that you want to add that maybe we didn't cover? Mm, peace, love, happiness, dance, dance, dance. <laughs> That's all I have to say. Like, yeah, just if you love it, continue to do it. Doesn't matter who tells you who, like, yeah, it doesn't matter who tells you you can't do it. Male, female, non-binary, like, it doesn't matter. Do, <laughs> do it. it. It, you'll make you, it, it'll just make your life uh, 10 times better. Even if you, I'm not being, you don't have to be a professional. I'm not saying that, but if you get up, feel that music, do it. Yes. Okay, well, thank you so much for letting me interview you for the podcast. It's always great, but it also is especially special to have one of my best friends, yes. one of my artistic collaborators, one of the people who like I feel safest and comfortable, most comfortable with in these kinds of spaces. So yeah, thank you. Thank you. I appreciate you. This is this is dope. We gotta definitely sit down and talk some more. Yes, absolutely. Have to get you on another episode in the future. For sure. Thanks everyone for listening to this month's episode of One Mic. Um, some updates on where Fifth Element Center for Dance is at, what we're doing. We are recruiting currently for our board of directors. So be on the lookout for some new faces um, and for what onboarding our new board of directors looks like. You may even hear some new voices here on the podcast. We also are looking to hire um, staff and contractors as we're expanding what Fifth Element Center for Dance looks like and how do we create sustainability for the youth that we are serving. So again, just be on the lookout for updates. If you are not subscribed to our newsletter, please subscribe on the website. And of course, we'll give more updates here on the podcast next month. Thanks so much for listening. Sending hopes of progress to you and your communities.